Tradcast Express. Tradcast Express. It's Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. You know, if Pope Francis weren't running around in a white cassock in Vatican City, nobody would possibly mistake him for a Catholic, much less the Pope. In just the past few days, the man whose real name is Jorge Bergoglio invented a new human right, declared that apostates are part of the communion of saints, and even found a new savior for humanity. Let's go step by step. The evening of February 6th, Francis appeared on a live television talk show in Italy, in which he declared that the right to be forgiven is a human right that comes to us from God. Here are Francis' exact words as translated by Vatican News. Quote, We all have the right to be forgiven if we ask for forgiveness. It is a right that comes from the very nature of God and has been given as an inheritance to men. We have forgotten that someone who asks for forgiveness has the right to be forgiven. Some might say, you've done something wrong, you have to pay for it. No, you have the right to be forgiven, and if you owe a debt to society, you can find a way to pay it, but with forgiveness. Unquote. Ah, so forgiveness is now no longer a matter of mercy, it's a matter of justice. God built it into our very nature to be forgiven, according to Bergoglio. I guess that means then that Christ had to redeem us simply because of who we are, who we were created to be. That's not just heresy, it's blasphemy. Then, during his general audience of February 2nd, Francis spoke about the communion of saints, which is the unity in and under Christ, that all enjoy who belong to the church on earth, in heaven, or in purgatory. Who is part of that communion of saints, according to the Jesuit antipope? Why, all the baptized, of course, regardless of whether they're Catholics, heretics, apostates, excommunicated, blasphemers, and so forth. Verbatim, Francis said, quote, Let us consider, dear brothers and sisters, that in Christ no one can ever truly separate us from those we love because the bond is an existential bond, a strong bond that is in our very nature. Only the manner of being together with one another then changes, but nothing and no one can break this bond. Father, let's think about those who have denied the faith, who are apostates, who are persecutors of the church, who have denied their baptism. Are these also at home? Yes, these too, all of them, the blasphemers, All of them. We are brothers. This is the communion of saints. The communion of saints holds together the community of believers on earth and in heaven, and on earth the saints, the sinners, all. Now, this is wrong in so many ways, and not just wrong, but heretical. Although it is true that even Catholics in mortal sin are not entirely excluded from the communion of saints. After all, they are still members of the church, and so they still benefit from the prayers and good works of the church. Nonetheless, 
public heretics and apostates are definitely excluded because they're not just in mortal sin, objectively speaking. They're not even believers by definition. So they cannot be part of the communion of saints and they cannot be part of the Catholic Church, which is a visible society of the baptized who profess the true faith and enjoy communion with the Roman pontiff and each other. Now, some will say, but they're still baptized. You can't get unbaptized because baptism leaves a mark on the soul that can never be erased. And that is true. It does imprint a so-called indelible character on the soul, which is why you can never be baptized again once you've received a vow of baptism. No matter how much you sin, even if you were to become a Satanist, once you convert back to Catholicism, you cannot and need not be baptized again. But here's the thing. The indelible character of baptism by itself is not what guarantees you are a Catholic. That's why when Pope Pius XII defined what makes someone a Catholic, he didn't just say a valid baptism. Instead, here's what he said, quote, Actually, only those are to be included as members of the Church who have been baptized and profess the true faith and who have not been so unfortunate as to separate themselves from the unity of the body or been excluded by a legitimate authority for grave faults committed. Unquote. That's from his 1943 encyclical Mystici Corporis, paragraph 22. So, what makes someone above the age of reason a Catholic, a member of the Church, is that he must a. be baptized, b profess the true faith, c, not be in schism by separating himself from the rest of the faithful or from the Roman pontiff, and d, not be excommunicated. And this only makes sense. Otherwise, you'd have to say that you can join a different religion, such as Judaism or Hinduism, and still be a Catholic because you're baptized. Okay, That's absurd. And it would also mean that the Pope could never expel anyone from the church, which would also be absurd. Now, at the same time, it would be wrong to say that the indelible baptismal character does nothing, because obviously, if the sacrament leaves an indelible mark on your soul, that means your soul is changed in some way, and that has an effect that will last forever. So, what is that? Well, to answer that question... Let's turn to Father Sylvester Barry's wonderful book, The Church of Christ, which was originally published in 1927 and again in 1954. On page 227 of the 1927 edition, he writes, quote, The spiritual character imprinted upon the soul in baptism does not make one a member of the church. It is rather a sign or badge showing that he has received the rites of initiation, but it does not prove that he retains membership. This may be illustrated by the case of a person receiving a tattoo mark as a sign of initiation into a society that uses such marking. If the person afterward leave the society, he would cease to be a member, though he still bore the indelible sign 
of his initiation, unquote. Perhaps an even better way to think of it is that the indelible character is a permanent mark being put on a sheep that defines that sheep as properly belonging to the flock of Christ. Notice I said belonging to it, not actually being with that flock at all times necessarily. The mark does not prevent the sheep from wandering off. A sheep with that mark could leave and never return. It might even join a different flock. If it does not return to the fold from which it came and to which it belongs, it will be lost. But the baptismal mark would be the perpetual sign that this sheep was once part of and decided to abandon the true flock of Jesus Christ, to whom it owes all its love and obedience. Now, there are also other things that the baptismal character does, but this is enough for our brief review here, which is just meant to refute Bergoglio's nonsense about the communion of saints being unbreakable. Let me add one important thing here, though. What we just said about how apostates and heretics aren't part of the church and do not participate in the communion of saints still needs some clarification, because not everyone who is a heretic outwardly is also actually guilty of the sin of heresy, because he may not mean to be contradicting God's revelation. He may simply be making a mistake. Think, for example, of an eight-year-old boy who lives in Siberia and is Eastern Orthodox. He doesn't believe in the papacy, but it would be absurd to think that at eight years old, far removed from the rest of the world, he would have any idea that the papacy is a divinely revealed dogma and stubbornly refuse to believe it. Instead, Let's say he is a pious fellow who sincerely loves God and seeks to do his will in all things, and he truly possesses the virtues of faith, hope, and charity in his soul, which were given him when he was baptized as an infant. And let's say he never lost them, right? Never lost faith, hope, and charity. Well, that boy is in the state of sanctifying grace. And although judged outwardly by the Catholic Church as being the member of a false religion, he would nevertheless still very much be part of the communion of saints. Not on account of the baptismal character, though, but on account of the state of sanctifying grace, which can be had apart from the baptismal character. So, Although this boy would not be a member of the Catholic Church because he doesn't meet the criteria for membership, right? He doesn't profess the true faith. He would nevertheless be attached to the Catholic Church, joined to her through an efficacious desire, through what's called the votum ecclesiae, the desire to be united to the true church through faith, hope, and charity. He is simply innocently mistaken about where and what that true church is and what exactly it teaches. But that mistake does not extinguish the sanctifying grace that is in him. So, although he is a heretic externally before the church, he isn't one internally before God, 
because heresy is a deliberate, willful rejection of known dogma. And so because God sees not just what is external, but also what is internal, such a one as that little boy would truly be part of the communion of saints, yet without being a member of the Catholic Church. And that is the traditional Catholic teaching. But that is not what Francis said on February 2nd. What he said is that the bond with Christ is unbreakable, that this bond is tied to our nature as baptized people. And so he was speaking about apostates and heretics in general, all of them. They are, he is saying, unchangeably part of the communion of saints, and they cannot leave that communion, and that is heresy. Now, speaking of heresy, Francis decided to add still more fuel to the infernal fire that awaits him if he dies unrepentant by issuing an interreligious video message on February 4th in which he announced that the anchor of salvation for humanity is fraternity. Yep, not the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ incarnate or anything. It's human fraternity, by which he means his naturalist program of tolerance, dialogue, celebrating diversity, and whatnot. That is what this old apostate calls the anchor of salvation for the human race. It is despicable. In 1892, Pope Leo XIII issued an encyclical letter against Freemasonry, entitled Custodi di Quella Fede. This is what the Pope wrote in paragraph 15, quote, Everyone should avoid familiarity or friendship with anyone suspected of belonging to masonry or to affiliated groups. Know them by their fruits and avoid them. Every familiarity should be avoided not only with those impious libertines who openly promote the character of the sect, but also with those who hide under the mask of universal tolerance respect for all religions, and the craving to reconcile the maxims of the gospel with those of the revolution. These men seek to reconcile Christ and Belial, meaning the devil, the church of God and the state without God. Unquote. Boy, does that sound familiar. In other news, pandemonium in the diocese of Anejo in the small African nation of Togo. According to a February 4th report of the French paper La Croix International, a Novus Ordo priest of this diocese by the name of Father Joseph Bassetome has been engaging in syncretism, which is basically a mixing of religions, the blending of practices and beliefs of different religions, and it's obviously gravely sinful. According to the report, quote, parishioners sent the bishop audio recordings of Bassetome invoking the deities of traditional African religion. They said these had shaken their community, unquote. Now, what is collectively and somewhat euphemistically known as traditional African religions includes things like voodoo and can be defined as follows. This is from Wikipedia. 
quote, The traditional beliefs and practices of African people are highly diverse beliefs that include various ethnic religions. Generally, these traditions are oral rather than scriptural and passed down from one generation to another through folk tales, songs, and festivals. Include belief in an amount of higher and lower gods, sometimes including a supreme creator or force, belief in spirits, veneration of the dead, use of magic, and traditional African medicine. Most religions can be described as animistic, with various polytheistic and pantheistic aspects. Unquote. So, the Novos Ordo bishop there in Anejo, Mr. Isaac Jogues Gaglo, decided to summon his wayward presbyter and read him the riot act. The report in La Croix says, quote, The priest admitted in the presence of the diocese's vicar general and episcopal vicar that he had been involved in syncretic practices and had also joined a group called African Renaissance. The bishop ordered him to leave the group and spend a period of time for renewal and conversion at the Benedictine Monastery of Jobegan in the mountains some 180 kilometers from Lomé. Instead, Bassetome gave the bishop his letter of resignation, explaining that he was giving up the ministerial priesthood. Bishop Gaglo said that once Bassetome began the process to be dismissed from the clerical state, photos showing the former priest dressed as a follower of traditional religions began circulating on social media. Unquote. Now, I have to say, I don't get it. Okay? Has this Novos Ordo bishop not been paying attention lately? Just this past October, Francis said that the various religions that exist represent the, quote, richness of different ways of coming to God, unquote. So what about it if Father Bassetome decides to practice diversity and use one of those other ways for a while? Besides, syncretism is all the rave under Bergoglio. Don't sweat it, man. Remember what happened in the Vatican in October of 2019? For the feast of St. Francis of Assisi, a wooden statue of a nude pregnant woman was worshipped in the Vatican gardens by indigenous people dancing around it and prostrating themselves in front of it, right under Francis' nose. And later that same month, for the closing liturgy for the Amazon Synod, Francis received and placed on the high altar in St. Peter's Basilica as part of the Mass an offering to Pachamama, the Mother Earth Goddess of the Amazonian indigenous. How's that for syncretism? Moreover, maybe this Father Bassetome was just trying to imitate the heroic virtues of the canonized apostate Carol Wojtyła, better known by stage name Pope John Paul II. Let's remember his Wednesday audience of August 21st, 1985, at which he spoke about the trip to Africa he had just completed, and among the destinations, wouldn't you know it, there was also the Republic of Togo. So, John Paul talked about how he met all these people from various religions there, and then he added this, quote, Particularly memorable 
was the prayer meeting at the shrine of Our Lady of Mercy at Lake Togo, where I also prayed for the first time with animists. Unquote. You can find the whole text of the audience on the Vatican website, uh, though it's not available in English. You'll have to put the text through a translator. In any case, what are animists? Well, according to Wikipedia, quote, Animism is the belief that objects, places, and creatures all possess a distinct spiritual essence. Potentially, animism perceives all things, animals, plants, rocks, rivers, weather systems, human handiwork, and perhaps even words, as animated and alive. Unquote. Yeah, this is beginning to sound a lot like Francis' encyclical Laudato Si, the Amazon Synod, the Exhortation Corita Amazonia, and the whole Mother Earth Gaia Pachamama Circus. Just remember, John Paul II did it before it was cool. But hey, look, even if we want to go the strict route and say that this Father Bassetome is an apostate now, well, remember what Francis said. He's still part of the communion of saints. And now he's in fact enriching it by offering his prayers to a different god. And lastly, ladies and gentlemen, I've got a fun soundbite for you from a video by Rome Reports, which covered the TV interview that Francis gave during that talk show mentioned earlier. Listen closely to the narrator. The Pope also shared other personal anecdotes, discussing his decision not to live in the papal apartments in order to be around others, and how as a child he hoped to one day become a butcher. What do you know? He got his wish after all. Except now, he's a butcher of souls. Tratcast Express is a production of Novos Ordo Watch. Check us out at tratcast.org, and if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novosordowatch.org slash donate.